Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Uh, also, you can email me. I'd love to hear from you. Um, Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. You know, you can send me comments, suggestions, whatever you, you know, thoughts and guests you might want to try to have on the show. Please, I love to hear from you. Also, we are now on Amazon Music, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Well, this month is Epilepsy Awareness Month. Um, I actually have a relative that has epilepsy, but, you know, when I think about my day-to-day interaction, I don't know anybody that I'm aware of that has epilepsy. When I was younger, I feel like I actually saw more people or maybe I saw more younger people, but um, it's still around um, and people are still dealing with it. Um, African-American people are dealing with it. Um, And if you happen to be around someone maybe who has a seizure, you know, what do you do? How do you help them? So I wanted to have this important guest on today. Her name is Pamela Price. She's the Deputy Director of the Bomb in Gilead. And um, good morning, Pamela. Good morning, Joy. How are you? I'm wonderful, considering it's COVID and we can't go anywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, all, like, all things considered. <laughs> oh, my God. Black Friday's messed up. Thanksgiving's messed up. Like, ah! <laughs> Every, 2020. I mean, just twenty twenty has has been been messed up. <laughs> Look, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for January twenty first. Is that the date? Is that the date when the things really change? You know what I'm talking I about, think, right? I think you know. Oh, oh absolutely. I I think we are all waited with like you know bated breath of like Ooh, yes. okay, and we'll breathe a little. A little sigh of, of, of relief, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, we will. The other side won't, but, you know, hey, I, everybody can be happy hey. now, you know. <laughs> hey, the, the 80 million of us that, that knew what needed to be done, yes, we will. We, we, we hope the others eventually will come along, but we all want to move <laughs> forward, that's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show this morning. I also want to mention um, you serve as the director for the National Brain Health Center for African Americans. Tell the audience, what is the bomb in Gilead? 
So um, the Bomb at Gilead is a, um, a national nonprofit. Um, we are actually celebrating our 32nd year uh, this year. And so the mission of the organization really is to help build the capacity of our faith and African-American communities to address health disparities, um, regardless of what those health disparities are. Um, and we really believe that if we can go to something that's been the bedrock of pretty much all our lives, and that's our faith, you know, regardless of the doctrine or, or which may be specific religious belief, faith is just so important, our faith and spirituality. And so we want to try and harness that in healthy ways uh, that help us address just the long list, uh, including things like epilepsy, uh, that we know our communities and our loved ones are facing. Um, so five years ago, we, um, through a partnership uh, and some grant funding through CDC, uh, launched our National Brain Health Center for African Americans. And we wanted to do that, I think, because like you were saying initially, we know that there are so many things that happen with our brain. So diseases, some we can fix, some that we can't. Um, but you know, many of us in the African-American communities, we just don't know enough about them. We don't know enough about how to protect our brains. We, you know, many of us just think if we live long enough, we're all going to get dementia and we'll all kind of have this decline. And so we, we launched the center as a way to, to combat that, to raise awareness, to provide education and information. Um, and, you know, I was so excited, you know, to, to you know, hear from you and, and be a part of your show this morning because epilepsy is one of the um, brain conditions that we really want to make sure uh, that we are shining a brighter light on so that, like you said, we know who it's impacting, how it's impacting us, and what can we do about it? How can we support those who have epilepsy? How can, you know, are there things we can do to prevent it? And things like that. And so I'm, I've been, you know, really fortunate um, to, to serve as the director, um, really love the work uh, that we do. I love touching people, talking to people uh, in <laughs> such a, a, a real, it's such a real way. And we're talking to our people, you know, we create programs for black people. Well, that's why I wanted to have you on. I really try to focus on African Americans and Africans uh, in the diaspora and the mm -hmm. issues that are impacting them. So epilepsy, um, what is that? All I know, you know, I mean, I'm, I know more, but I'm just saying, like, in general, it's like seizures. I mean, what exactly, though, is epilepsy? Can you tell the audience? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think similar to other things, so we hear seizures and we hear epilepsy, and they're not necessarily one and the same. So really epilepsy is a, neuro, it's a chronic neurological disorder of our brain. And what happens is that the neurons or the nerve cells in our brain, they don't fire like they should. They fire too rapidly, um, and there are many things that can cause that. But when those signals don't fire like they should, they result in a seizure. Um, the complicated thing with epilepsy is that there are many causes, and there are also many types of seizures that epilepsy can uh, result in. Um, but in a nutshell, if we think about it, uh, epilepsy is really kind of um, an umbrella term. It's the fourth most common neurological condition um, across all, um, uh, you know, people. Um, but think about it as kind of an umbrella term, and you can have many different type of, types of epilepsy with them all resulting in different types of seizures, which is seizures are kind of like the symptom. It's the condition. It's what happens when we have um, a diagnosis of epilepsy. 
Well, how do you diagnose someone? Because, I mean, someone could have seen or maybe just because they had a car accident or they, I mean, could, could they have exactly. other reasons. How do exactly. you diagnose Exactly. So, uh, you know, a good point that you mentioned out in terms of, you know, these seizures, because that's usually one of the hallmark um, symptoms of epilepsy, that when you go to your doctor and you're having um, some issues, you're going to say, hey, look, I had a seizure. Then what, um, you know, diagnostics needs to do is to determine, like you said, well, what caused it? Um, Seizures can be induced by alcohol. Um, They can be, you know, induced again by trauma. Um, fever, so having meningitis, all of those things because they're they're all impacting um, our uh, brain cells. So mm-hmm. it's looking to get to an epilepsy diagnosis. You not only need to have um, you know the history of a seizure that is unprovoked. So that's what your clinicians are looking for. Was this unprovoked, meaning that none of those other things I just mentioned happened? You were you weren't doing any of those things. There was no accident, no fever, no other underlying conditions. And so it's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, now we say, okay, well, yes, now we may be looking at epilepsy. And so there's um, blood tests uh, that can be done. Um, a lot of it is also based on, again, history. Um, so when did, you know, seizures begin to happen? What kind of seizures um, is an individual experiencing? Is it kind of the more focal seizures to where, you know, you could just kind of lose um, you know, focus, you kind of stare off into space and then kind of come back? Is it more generalized to where you have the, the jerking um, or the tensing of, of our muscles? Um, so all of that, and then also using imaging. Um, so PET scans, CTs, MRIs, um, doing something that's called an EEG uh, is also ways in which that, you know, clinicians look to see, okay, is this epilepsy? Um, and then if so, try and determine, well, what's the best course of treatment? Um, and, again, it's hard to get to treatment if we can't, you know, if that diagnosis uh, is not, um, you know, done, found early, and it's also not accurate, which for African Americans is sometimes an issue um, for us because seizures let can look as something that's behavioral. Pamela, let me ask you this. Is it something mm-hmm. that you're born with? Do you catch it from the environment? Do you have to have somebody in your family that has had epilepsy? So genetics definitely, um, studies do support that there are some genetic, uh, genetic links. Um, so they know of like all of the uh, individuals diagnosed with epilepsy, about half the, the cause is just never determined. But for the other half, we are looking at genetic factors. Um, so those are gene mutations. And we hear that often in things such as cancers. Um, and they do um, have uh, or have been the result of causes of individuals being diagnosed with epilepsy. And then you have other causes that, yes, can be triggered by our environments because, um, you know, stress, um, heart and stroke um, issues. So anything that, if you think about it, anything that alters or has the potential to alter how our brain functions can also result in um, a potential diagnosis of epilepsy. Do men have more, um, or are there more men, or are there more women? Um, is there a particular ethnicity that has a higher rate of epilepsy? So, yeah, so um, I'll start, like, with, with the gender differences. They're not wide gender differences, but there is a slight, um, uh, or men are slightly more um, at risk and actually have a slight, uh, slightly higher prevalence. Um, of of epilepsy uh, than women do, um, which is um, usually rare for for most conditions that we look at. It always seems like we're somewhere at the top (laughs) um, of all the (laughs) lists. 
Um, so you know, not that we want to put that off on our men by yeah, any exactly. means. But yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, but they de- that we do. Um, but there, there is a slight, um, you know, a higher a prevalence um, in men. And then in terms of when we look at kind of ethnicity, and also want to point out, we have to do a better job of researching these things as well. Um, so some of we've got to do better at the data collection. We've got to do better at researching, especially I think those genetic, um, you know, predispositions that we have. But in terms of African Americans and what we, um, you know, look like, so we do know that African Americans over our lifetime we definitely have a higher rate um, of epilepsy. Um, there's about 475,000 so um, African Americans that actually currently have. Um, uh, epilepsy, and the challenge, again, with African Americans is getting into care, um, getting an an active diagnosis, uh, and unfortunately, we do have higher rates of of dying um, as a result um, of epilepsy than um, other uh, races and ethnicities, Uh, which is, is something that, if you think about it in this day and time, we shouldn't hear and see, you know, statistics like that, um, but definitely that's still a major challenge. So if I'm with somebody and they have a seizure, and, and you mentioned that there are different types of seizures. You mentioned one about, you know, just staring. How would I even know that that was a seizure? Maybe they're just relaxing. And then you mentioned the one uh, actual movement. How long is a staring seizure, or is that varied, you know? Right. And so much of that really depends on the individual who's actually experiencing it. Mm. Um, so um, oftentimes people who are having the more focal, which, again, they are the most subtle ones because they're not the maybe the herky-jerky that, some, you know, that we see on TV. We see all the time in movies with people with seizures. It's, it's obvious that that's what's happening. Right. Um, but usually those individuals report having something as an aura, um, so they get a sense. that something is is happening or that blank in in time is not just a staring off, but it's almost a loss in their consciousness at that moment that they may or may not even remember. Um, One of the things that healthcare professionals suggest strongly is that individuals who um, believe that they are experiencing these kind of focal seizures is that they keep a diary. All individuals with seizures um, or epilepsy should keep a diary. Um, because it helps you and your clinician map out what your best treatment options are, when and if medications need to be changed. But definitely anything that's lasting, um, you know, the focals can be just a few seconds to two minutes. Um, I think the longer or the more severe generalized seizures that last longer than five minutes to where you really do have the the tightening uh, rigidity of our muscles um, Mm -hmm. or the complete just loss of consciousness, that's when we're getting into, you know, more dangerous territories and are truly, you know, medical emergencies call 911. Now, you said about the diary, um, is there a particular doctor I'm going to? Am I going to a neurologist? Do I go see just a regular PCP? what type of doctor should I go to? Yeah, so we really need to get um, to neurologists. We need to get to specialists. We need to get in, in to see individuals who this is a specialty training. And unfortunately, there are not, in general, a lot of um, providers who are certified and or trained in epilepsy or neurological conditions period. And then that number is even smaller if I'm saying I actually would like to have a black neurologist. Mm. Um, it's almost like finding a unicorn sometimes when I meet them and get to speak and talk to them. Um, it's they represent less than maybe 2% of this kind of specialty. 
Um, but that's who you want. Most primary care physicians, again, having the diary and having your history of what's happening, when it's happening, how often or frequent that they're happening. And then you, if they're not sending you, you want to advocate for yourself to say, I really would love to have you refer me to a specialist. Um, and that, again, can be a challenge. Insurance can become a barrier because you may not have access to these specialists. Right, uh, right. Or, you know, cost becomes an, an issue. Um, so working with, like, our center, um, we work with, like, the Epilepsy Foundation, um, with CDC and other partners to try and identify what some of these gaps are to make sure mm-hmm. that our primary physicians at least are culturally competent as folks may present with these things, not, you know, rush them off as mental issues because sometimes what you write and what you say is happening sounds more like you may be having a mental breakdown or you're just stressed. Oh, okay, okay. So now what types of, um, is there a diet that helps if people have epilepsy, should they become vegan? Uh, I mean, can they be meat eaters or it doesn't matter? Yeah, so I think one of the good things about it is that most people who have epilepsy can live a regular, for all intents and purposes, normal life. Um, but it does require management like any other health condition that we have. So on top of just some of the, medi- you know, the medications um, that are available, that typically you only need one. You may take you a little while to figure out the right one, but typically it's one medication that will help uh, manage it. But then, yes, our diet and, and exercise. But one um, promising kind of in research uh, is the, the keto diet. Okay. Um, so the the keto diet um, has been found, one, to work really, really well in children. So um, epilepsy can definitely be onset um, and happen in children, um, and so in children and in adolescents. And so um, that keto diet or switching to that keto diet has had a has really, really good promise uh, in helping with children um, uh, address and manage their uh, epilepsy better. But even for adults, um, I think the challenge with it is the keto diet is very restrictive. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's yeah. also, you know, there's also side effects um, of, of the keto diet that, you know, you have to, you know, keep in mind, um, especially in younger people, because it can impact their growth and their development. Um, but um, I, had, I had a beautiful conversation with a, a young couple whose son suffered from um, an epilepsy uh, disorder in which he did. He had frequent multiple, you know, he was having hundreds of seizures a day. Um, oh. And the, the, the spe- they got to a specialist. The specialist actually downplayed the benefits of this diet. Um, and this is a black couple. So they, they thought like, okay, well, you know, why would you kind of, and so they went, they talked to another provider and they got their son on the keto diet and he has tremendously, he's back in school, um, living, you know, a relatively normal life um, for a kid now, Um, you know, still, you know, taking his medications and whatnot. And so I think, you know, like you were saying, it's so important, I think, for us to understand that it's management. So it is some lifestyle changes that we have to consider Um, And if it's, you know, diet, yes, they can be restrictive and and can be a challenge. But if you think about the long-term impacts, again, especially if you have a type of epilepsy to where you're having high volumes of seizures, um, those are lasting impacts because it's, again, it's it's, think about your brain just kind of short-circuiting. 
if that continues to short circuit, you're just damaging more cells, you're damaging more tissues. Um, now, that, now, Pamela, you, know, longer you, you, talked to, mm-hmm. you talked about a child there. Now, what if you, you want to go to school? Can you have a career? Can you get pregnant as, as a woman? Say you're a woman and you're, you're an adult and you want to have a family. Can you start a family? Yeah, you actually, you actually can. And I think what it comes back to, it, it's the planning. Um, but, you know, what they found in terms of the increased risk um, for women, you know, during pregnancy, for the most part, um, you're, you stay right about in terms of your frequency. So if you were having one to two seizures a year, once a month, that frequency um, actually may decline or at least remain the same during pregnancy, which is a good thing. Um, and so... Um, women who have epilepsy, again, talk, you want to have a, you know, your birth plan is going to look a little different. Um, so your birth plan is going to be making sure that if you have any triggers um, in terms of stress, um, hormone changes are not much that we can do about, but same thing, you want to make sure that you are kind of aware, really in tune um, with that, because the biggest risk associated with a woman and, and who's pregnant with epilepsy is, again, is if she's having the types of seizures that result in her falling, that result in her spasming, that could increase mm. risk for things such as miscarriages. But the, right. the, the data strongly supports um, that women who have epilepsy can still have normal um, children. Um, there is some slight genetic risk. In turn, again, as I mentioned, you know, genetics definitely plays a role. Um, children born to parents who or mother who have, have epilepsy, they do have a, a higher likelihood of, you know, developing um, epilepsy themselves. Um, but, again, most women, if you've got a really good care plan, uh, you can have a normal childbirth and a normal, um, you know, pregnancy. Now, um, what about medicines? Is it how will you know what type of medicine you should go on? Is that something you leave up to the neurologist? Um, your organization, how do they help people in terms of finding the right treatments? So uh, for us, it's about providing the information. So we know that there are several um, different types of um, medications. Um, there's about 20 different types of anti-seizure medications that are FDA-approved and available today. Um, and as I mentioned, the good thing is you can, you know, unlike cocktail therapies with epilepsy, you can probably get just the one. Um, they've been available, you know, Depakote, Tegretol, um, Diazepam, Clonopin. They've been around and studied for a long time. So the side effects are very minimal. Um, and, again, the, the beauty of it, I think, or where the, the advocacy comes in is talking with your provider about which medication is working and not because the first one that they put you on may not give you uh, what you need in terms of reducing, reducing seizure activities or the side effects, and you may be more, you know, it's not minimal to you to be dizzy yeah. and lightheaded all day <laughs> and you're a truck right, driver, right, right. <laughs> you know? And so it is really does. Um, is, is there a cure for epilepsy? No. The best thing is, is managing it. So people can um, do what's called remission, um, so, so that's why we don't like to use the word cure. So epilepsy can go into remission. Um, some children who have it earlier can outgrow it. So in terms of what was causing, um, you know, the, the seizures to take place is corrected as the brain continues to develop, and so they can oftentimes outgrow it. Um, but in terms for adulthood, if you are still experiencing it through adulthood, then it really does come down to, 
getting a good medication regimen, looking at what lifestyle changes that you have to make. And then, yes, after several years of medication, you can work with your provider to look at possibly coming off of the medications, but then continuing with the other kind of lifestyle changes that you've been, um, you know, been implementing. What about, like, acupuncture? Is that something, massage, uh, Reiki? You hear about these other alternative medicines that yes. have helped other conditions? Do you think that, or do we know, does that help epilepsy? Um, I think there's not enough data yet to support um, some of the alternative, um, you know, therapies that are out there. What I did find that was really uh, interesting, although I'm sure controversial for some people, is actually the use of cannabis. Um, that actually oh. um, there's been studies, um, even in younger people, um, I'm, I'm a mom of kids, and you're kind of like, what? They're giving cannabis to young people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if, if we think about in its pure form, in its pure state, un- unadulterated, uh, what we've learned um, from cannabis is that the FDA actually did approve, um, just in, in 2018, they actually did approve um, this um, a can- a cannabis-based, uh, if you will, uh, therapy um, that was approved to give to um, children. Um, to uh, I think as young as two, um, wow. and so yeah. So uh, if you think about you know that, and but other things like you mentioned, Reiki, acupuncture. I think again, I think the data will eventually get there because those types of therapies and alternative medicines they help with some of the um, non-genetic causes um, of epilepsy. Um, such as, you know, blood flow, oxygenation, uh, you know, keeping stress levels um, down, um, those which are all things we need to do regardless. But for individuals with epilepsy, it's even more important uh, that we do that. So I, I think, I hope, eventually the data will get there and people will study the effects of that more because I more, think we yeah. have easier access. I have easier access to go find, you know, a Reiki or, or get acupuncture as I may have to some of the medications that are on the market. Yeah, I mean, every insurance company is different, and they may not be on their formulary, and then you have to fight mm-hmm. and sure about, you know, I've tried this, this, and this. None of those work. I need to use this one. Um, so that's something. Um, now, do your, does your organiza- organization help people when they're trying to battle with, you know, health insurance companies about, you know, because they may get turned down? Um, or can you connect them with places um, or advocates? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So the, uh, one of the um, really uh, good partners, um, and I think the beauty of them is that they actually have state and local, state and regional kind of chapters, and that is the Epilepsy Foundation. Um, okay. They have at best state chapters, and in most states they actually have kind of multiple places. Um, mm-hmm. And they actually they help with providing toolkits. Um, they actually have diaries. Um, that we've, um, you know, shared and sent links that helps, again, you can track what's happening. And then, yes, they actually can help on a local level. Um, you find a, a good doctor, you know, find you a really good specialist uh, who then can kind of help you navigate that. And I think using community healthcare workers, so individuals who are in the communities who can help kind of individuals navigate our overly complicated healthcare system <laughs> uh, yeah. when those challenges you know, when those challenges uh, of access and utilization occur. Well, uh, Pamela, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Again, the Bomb and Gilead. And um, also, uh, is that the address exactly? Is it the org? 
Yes, that's correct. That's our corporate okay. side. Our brain health center information is there. How you can reach and get in touch, in touch with us is also available at that website. Well, I thank you guys for what the work you're doing. I really appreciate uh, Centered on African Americans, and I wish you guys a lot of success, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You have a good Saturday, a great weekend. Oh, and happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. You too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Enjoy the turkey. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just was speaking with It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.